0: hey you can sit down it might not be great so just kidding man it's good to see most of y'all's faces your eyes are beautiful as ever your hair is nice it's great to be with you Uh, we miss y'all a ton but there's no better place to be than in the will of God and so um, I just uh, want to let you know we've been stalking you all on social media, watching your services online, and enjoying the ride from Denver. Uh, what you all have been able to do in the time since Megan and I and our team have uh, left about last June, uh, you've grown in many ways. The way that you reach the community is is beyond what I was ever able to do. And you have taken the vision and run with it. And God is doing extraordinary things. I'm encouraged that I don't know all of you. Uh, When I look at the pictures online, I'm like, I don't know them. I don't know them. I don't know them. And it's beautiful and wonderful. And I'm proud of you. And keep on doing what you're doing. It's amazing. And uh, it is a privilege to continue to be a part of you from Denver. Uh, If you're new to Grace Covenant Church, uh, the way we do church planting and family uh, at Grace Covenant Church is that we we are still family, all right. I'm just I'm just fourteen hundred miles away, but we're still family. I stay in touch with Pastor Brett and Pastor Jim and Pastor Eddie and Pastor Jermaine. Our friendships are in place. The mission has brought us together, but our relationship keeps us together. And we, and we believe in that, and we fight for one another, we fight with one another. And, and speaking of that, I appreciate all of your support, all of your encouragement, occasional texts, uh, messages on social media. Things are going well in Denver. People keep asking, what's it like to plant a church in a pandemic? And I'm like, just about like planting a church any other time, I guess, because that's the only time I've ever done it. And so, I don't know any different, but I'll tell you, there's no better time to plant a church than right now, because our city needs more hope now than ever before. Actually, they need as much hope as they've needed before, but now everybody knows they need hope. You know what I mean? And we have the advantage of knowing that hope has a name, and his name is Jesus. And so, we're out there, and we're making disciples, and we're meeting our neighbors, and we're doing the business So it's the same mission, the same purpose that started Grace Covenant Church 38 years ago, and this congregation six years ago, or eight years ago, 2012, eight years ago, uh, and now Hope Valley Church in Denver, Colorado, were provoked by the same call to make disciples of all nations, and we're seeing God build his church. as we're faithful to do our part. And so um, that's all I want to say about that because I believe that uh, God really wants to help you uh, this morning by revealing himself in this time. It's chaotic, right? Anybody just feel the chaos? Anybody just tired? You're just like, okay, I'm done with this. I know people were saying, I just want 2020 to be over. And now people are saying 2021 is not going to be much different in terms of the pandemic. At least the election will be over, maybe, right? (laughs) And so it's just stressed out. You're like, can we just get to the other side of this? But I want to let you know that God wants to show up right in the midst of the chaos. He doesn't want to just show up after the chaos. And what I want to do today is I want to look at the life of a man ...whose life was in chaos. I'm spitting all over the place. I don't get to stand on a stage and I'm getting all excited, you know, because, you know, we do our service on Zoom. So I'm just like in my basement in a corner, an unfinished basement, just hang a sheet behind me and act like I'm, yeah, just put your hand on the screen, brother. So, but we're looking at the man whose life was in absolute chaos. And God showed up in the midst of the chaos, and I believe that there's a key for us in his life to help us understand and to see God show up in the midst of our chaos. Amen? Amen. And so we're going to be looking at Genesis chapter 28, and we're looking at the life of Jacob, and I've, named, I've titled today's message, Revived. Revived. We're going to be looking at Genesis chapter 28, verses 10 through 17, but I want to bring you up to speed just a little bit first, because, because Jacob, Jacob, his name means supplanter. The, the account of his birth is even captured in scripture because he grabbed his brother's ankle. They were twins and he, he switched places with him so he could he's he's always wrestling to get his own and to make his way and to create his purpose and to make a path forward for himself. He's he's an angsty kind of person who's always you know, you never if you had a conversation you'd be like you'd feel real good in it and then you'd walk away and be like, Wait a second. What's he really doing? What's he really up to? And this is Jacob. So Jacob is an angsty guy. He ends up tricking his brother into selling him his inheritance. Really, not tricking, but taking advantage of his brother's weakness to steal his inheritance. And then he dresses up like his brother to receive the inheritance from their father. And, and so, I mean, this guy has been clowning. Esau is angry. The, the, his brother is so angry. He's like, I'm going to kill him. I'm going to kill him. This is, he's gone too far. I've had enough of his foolishness. The only way to solve this is I'm going to, I'm going to knock him off. His, Jacob's mom finds out about it and she's like, son, maybe you should go find a wife out in Haran. (laughs) And so that's where we pick up in this story. Genesis chapter eight, verse Uh, Genesis 28, verse 10. And actually, what I want to do, do you guys stand for the reading of Scripture? I would love for you to stand for the reading of Scripture. And I'm going to read most of it, but we're going to read verses 16 and 17 together. Jacob left Beersheba and went toward Haran and came to a certain place and stayed there that night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones of that place, he put it under his head and laid down in that place to sleep. And he dreamed, and behold, there was a ladder set up on the earth, and the top of it reached to heaven, and behold, the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac, the land on which you lie, I will give to you and to your offspring. Your offspring shall be like the dust of the earth, and you shall spread abroad, uh, to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. And in you and all in your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Behold, I am with you and I will keep you wherever you go and I will bring you back to this land for I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. All right, so I want to read this part together. Verse 16 and 17. Are you ready? Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said... Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. And he was afraid and said, How awesome is this place. This is none other than the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. This is God's word to us. Jesus, I ask that today you would appear to us in this place. God, I believe that you're here, but many of us don't see you. So I ask that you would reveal yourself by the Holy Spirit this morning, and allow us the privilege of knowing that you are in this place. Everybody say amen. 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 You may be seated. So Jacob is journeying. He's going along his way. He's heading towards Haran. He's going to scout out a wife. Because they didn't have internet dating, and so he's moving along, and and he nighttime comes, and he lays down to go to sleep. Now this is standard fare for travel of that time, right? Because they didn't have street lights, it wasn't safe to travel at night. There'd be animals, there are risks, there are marauders and thieves, and so he's like, I'm gonna, I gotta go to sleep, and so so he pauses for the night, and he and he lies down, and and he and he it says that he came to a certain place and he stayed there because the sun had set. And he put a stone under his head and went to sleep. Family, when it got dark, he rested. I know you're like, right. Family, when it gets dark, you need to rest. When it's dark is the time when we want to rest the least, isn't it? Because it's kind of scary. I kind of did a binge on sleep. Uh, In preparation for this message and and I was reading about it and a lot of scientists don't actually know why we sleep. They know what happens when we sleep, but they don't understand it. They don't understand sleep because sleep puts us all at risk. We're basically just hors d'oeuvres. You know, prior to now, with multiple locks on your houses and ring doorbells and security camera, all the things that we have today, back then, he was just lying down on a rock. He made himself an hors d'oeuvre. He put himself, he would have been vulnerable if he was walking in the darkness, but how much more vulnerable are you if you're sleeping in darkness? This is why many of you don't go camping. You have zero interest in sleeping in basically a candy wrapper you are not interested in being the bear's candy so you're not going into those woods and you so if you know, like a father son camping trip you're like yeah right and so he finds himself even more vulnerable if, if we find ourselves even more vulnerable if we stop and I want to encourage you that God has built rest into our lives. So where the science community can struggle to understand why we sleep and why we rest, I want to encourage you that God has built rest into our lives because he knows that we, we need it for him. And so he's built this rest into our lives, these rhythms of rest so that he can work, Instead of us working. Pastor Eddie was talking about when we, when we work, we work. But when we pray, God works. And what we have when we rest is the opportunity for God to work. We, have, we create the opportunity for God to show up and God to do what only he can do. Because you've reached the end of what you can do. And so it's, it's such a natural thing right here. But I, but I want to I encourage you that in here, in this resting, in this stopping, is the key to God showing up in his midst. Stop, have you ever wondered why you hear from God on Sunday mornings? Besides the fact that the pastoral team spends hours and hours and hours preparing to share words with you, besides the fact that the worship team spends hours and hours rehearsing and practicing, the reason you receive from God is because you stop. For a second, you, you put your, you put, you, you separate yourself from your work life. For a second, if you're a parent, you're like, thank God for the kids team. Except for, you know, in the, do you guys have kids right now because of COVID? Are kids all here? They're all in here. Oh, hey kids! <laughs> <laughs> so you're like, we're all going to receive from God this morning. Because you, you lay aside the rest of the week and you pause and you rest, if only for 45 minutes or an hour a week. You're positioning yourself to hear from God and for God to show up in your midst to inspire and encourage your faith. When Adam couldn't find a suitable, uh, a suitable partner in all of creation, what did God do? Put him to sleep. And when he woke up, Eve was there. And he woke up to this perfect Uh, this perfect helper that was missing in all all of creation. Man was created on the sixth day. What was the seventh day? The day that God rested. God has built rest into this so that we could see him move beyond what we're able to do. The entire Bible, in fact, is the story of God's action on behalf of himself and mankind more than it is about what man has done for God. It's the story of God through all of creation, through His creation of them, through man's running from them and God's redemption of them. And then God coming back and making everything new and whole and restoring things once again. And he had this dream. He dreamed. The dream is so beautiful. He, He sees angels ascending and descending this ladder. And at the top of it, From the top of it, God speaks to him. Now we understand the latter to be Jesus. And we understand the angels to be the heavenly host and the purpose of God being fulfilled in the earth as, as they come down and do his work and return for new orders and uh, the, the purpose of God being, being accomplished through Jesus Christ. So it's a, it's a way early foreshadowing of Jesus who is going to come and restore humanity and establish the kingdom of heaven on earth and die for our sins and, and redeem us from sin and, and, and usher us and in, invite us and usher us into our new resurrected lives. So this, so he's got this, this, it, it's, um, so this ladder is there and he's having this dream and he's, and he's in, and then God speaks to him. There is nothing so sweet as when the father speaks. You all know what I'm talking about. When Pastor Eddie's preaching and the Holy Spirit speaks to you and it has something to do with what he's saying. But God himself broke through the words of the sermon and pierced your heart. I'm hoping that happens this morning. That even as I'm, even, even as I'm presenting, the Holy Spirit speaks to your heart. And as God spoke to him and made these promises about his finances made promises about the family. Now, the promises that he was inheriting, these weren't new promises. He was a beneficiary of the promises made to his, his, great gran- his grandfather. He was receiving promises because of the, the faith of someone else. Because of the obedience and the faithfulness of someone else, God was speaking to him about the promises that were going to be fulfilled to and through him. Family, when God speaks to us, he speaks to us not because we're so great or because we've done so much, but he speaks to us because of Je- the faithfulness of Jesus. He speaks to us because of the obedience of Christ that, that, he, that led him joyfully to the cross so that he could die in our place and resurrect from the, be resurrected by the Father from the dead so that we could walk in the fullness of life. And so, when Jesus talks to you about your family, it's not just about you and God. It's about you, God, and Jesus and what he's done. And he's talking to Isaac. He's like, Yeah, so I'm going to give you this land. Your family's going to be huge. I'm going to prosper you and I'm going to bless you. I'm with you. You're not alone in this, Jacob. I'm going to pull this off, and not until I'm done will you cease to seize me. I will not leave you. What a beautiful promise to hear from God. And as God spoke this to him, his faith was rising. His heart was stirred. Now, he's in a dream. But you know, you ever had a hopeful dream? You ever had a dream where you woke up and you were like, oh. You ever had, so he's being stirred in his dream. Faith is stirring. Hope is rising. And he's considering because faith, uh, it's uh, in, in Romans chapter seven, uh, 10, 17, it says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So as God spoke to him, even in a dream, Faith was rising because his spirit could not but respond when God spoke to it. And something irreversible happens when God speaks to our hearts. It sets something in motion in our soul that can't be squelched, it can't be reversed. And I want that for you. But it's when he paused. God spoke to him. In the midst of the chaotic moment that he found himself in, in the midst of his chaotic soul that he carried with him. Now, Jacob, Jacob would be renamed, right? And because names in the Bible are really, really important. And so, you know, you're like, you see that like wells get renamed sweet or a valley, like Hope Valley comes from comes from uh, Hosea chapter 2, where there was this valley of trouble, the valley of Achor, and it's, it says, I will become a door of hope. And so he's like, I'm, I'm flipping the script on this. We're changing, the, we're changing the meaning of this valley. Instead of a place of trouble and pain, it's going to be a place of hope. And that's why we ended up with Hope Valley as a name. Jacob's name started with, with, with this like angsty kind of reality, supplanter, right? How's that for a name? Anybody name, want to name their kid Supplanter? Not not quite. So God is going to rename him, but the renaming's not much better. It means wrestles with God. Anybody identify with that? I'm like, I could use that name. Wrestles with God. I wrestle with God daily, if not if, 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 weekly, if not daily. What are you doing? I know Pastor Jim spoke to this a couple weeks ago, right? Wrestling with God, asking the wrong questions. I tend to ask the wrong questions and I tend to wrestle with God because I'm asking the wrong question. And he's like, just ask a different question. I'd love to talk to you about that. Side note, George Washington Carver, uh, who, you know, didn't discover the peanut, but came up with like a billion ways to use the peanut, went into into the laboratory with a peanut, a magnifying glass and his Bible and was basically like, God, show me the purpose of man on the earth. And he's like, that's too big for you. And so he's like, God, show me my purpose in the earth he's like that's too much for you and he's like god show me what this peanut's about and he's like i'll talk to you about that right so he kind of narrowed him down to the right question and god's like i want to talk to you about the peanut and then talking to him about the peanut his reveal his will for his life was revealed as as well God'll talk to you on the go, but I do believe that his primary means of speaking to us is when we stop. He'll talk to you on the go, but he wants you to rest. He's built it in to his creation. He's built it into our days that we have to sleep. And if we don't sleep, we die. A physical death. So what happens if we don't spiritually rest? What happens if we we don't hit pause on our day just to hear from God? Now, my prayer life has changed so much in the last three months because I've started pausing. Instead of jumping into my petitions, I actually have started just sitting quietly. And it was like lying with my head on a rock, like Jacob. It was uncomfortable. It's like I don't like this. I wanted to pray. I'm a good charismatic. I wanted to pray in tongues. You know, like you (laughs) you start, you're like, okay, guys, let's pray. And it's like I'm ready to. I'm ready to walk. I'm ready to just proclaim. I'm ready to. Oh, I'm sorry for the camera. I'm I'm ready to. (laughs) I'm ready to stand still and look at the camera. But stillness was not a part of my prayer routine, and so even my prayer time was me performing. And I felt God invite me into rest. And, and so it's like, okay, God, I'm going to sit here for one minute, undistracted. If I didn't make it five seconds, and it's like, God, re- let me be still in your presence and just see if there's anything you want to say to me. Because I do a lot of talking, I do a lot of complaining. I do a lot of griping. I do a lot of guessing. I do a lot of working it out, out loud. So but it was time to start listening. And now I can sit for a couple minutes and just be still and breathe without a face mask. <laughs> Maybe the face mask is just a sign of how we've all been walking around anyway. It's barely breathing, spiritually. And we didn't even know it. All right, I need to keep going. What might you receive from God if you rested? What might he speak to you about? What encouragement might he have for you? What might he have been trying to say to you for days or weeks or months that you haven't heard? Because when it got dark, you sped up. When it got chaotic, your momentum increased. If even in the midst of unsettledness, you hit the pause button, God is going to speak. Pastor Eddie already touched on this this morning. That he speaks to us today through his creation. He speaks to us today through the Word, through Scripture. Doesn't matter if it's on your phone or on your on paper. I do better with paper because I'm the sports scores aren't here. <laughs> right? How long do you make it in your quiet time before we check the sports scores? Right? <laughs> speaks to us through his word, speaks to us through the community that he's placed us in. All of this enlightened and empowered by the power of the Holy Spirit so that God can arrest our hearts, awaken us to the reality of his purpose in the earth, reaffirm the promises that are ours, not because we're so great, but because Jesus is so amazing. Because of what Jesus purchased for us, through his death, burial, and resurrection. As his heart was stirred, he was revived. Couldn't come up with a better word than revived. He says, surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. I love this next few verses, these two verses, because, and even immediately following when he builds this altar to God, because you go, you you see a man go from like not knowing that God was in that place to an all out, overwhelming, excited, just over the top explosion of joy that God is in that place. You ever seen people, uh, videos of people who see their, their superhero basketball player or, you know, you know, they, they meet LeBron James for the first time and, and, and they do the double take and then the more they realize it, the more freaked out they get. You ever seen video like that? That's totally what I, if there was hidden camera on this moment, Jake would be like, he'd, he'd wake up, surely the Lord's in this place and I didn't know it. How awesome is this place? I had, the Lord is in this place. And you know, I don't know who he was traveling with. I'm pacing again. Moving, all excited, getting stirred up, his faith growing. The Lord is in this place. And then because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, as he began to affirm the presence of God in that place and his ears heard him say it, his faith started to grow even more. So he's like, he woke up. God's like, I'm here. And God's like, God's here. Cool. He wakes up and God's in this place. God's in this place. God is in this place. Some of y'all need to hear yourselves say that God is in this place so that your soul and your spirit can know that God is in this place. If the only thing your soul hears you recite over and over and over is COVID and the election and the panic and the fear and the stock market and the economy, if that's all your soul hears you say, that's what that will not nourish or strengthen, it just produces death. But we're invited to speak faith into this situation. And as our ears hear our mouth make statements of faith about the goodness of God in the land of the living, who does faith grow? That's what just happened to me. Like I don't plan to yell. I'm not that kind of like but when I something happens in my soul. And I'm like, I'm like, God, you, I'm just like I'm like I'm not pretending that like I'm like really excited. Like, the more I say that God is, it, I think we should just do it. Can you just say, God is in this place? Say it with some conviction God is in this place. Soul, God is in this place. Mind, God is in this place. You guys are falling off. Did you did you run out of energy? The, just muffled? I know. It, like, this whole half of the room just got quiet. Oh, take a breath. <laughs> I don't have a mask on. It's easier for me. Ready, right, ready? We're going to speak to our heart. Heart, God is, our God is in this place. Situation, fill in the blank. God is in this place. In this place. Guys, we need to speak truth over our lives. And as he spoke the truth over his life that God is, surely God is in this place and I did not know it. God is in this place and you might not have known it. And if you're online, the good news is I'm not talking about Dominion High School. I'm talking about the moment. There's a theological reality that God is omnipresent. So he's every place. So for the Christian, it's just a matter of whether or not we're going to acknowledge His presence and align ourselves with Him. Oh, but when we get aligned with Him, there's no stopping the fire that He wants to start in our hearts. How awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God. And this, this is the gate to heaven. He was so close to God in that moment. It was so clear to him, the love of God and God's purpose in the earth, that he was like, right here, where I am is the gate of heaven. In the midst, even though his brother still wanted to kill him. Even though his, he was still angsty. Even though he was, his father was (laughs) deceived. And that relationship was busted. Even though so much was still broken in his life. Right there. Because of the presence of Jesus. Jesus. He understood that place in that moment to be the gate of heaven. Family, I believe that you can experience the gates of heaven right now. I believe that you can experience the gates of heaven tomorrow morning, tomorrow afternoon, tomorrow evening. Because Jesus himself is the gate to heaven. He was still in the desert. But now it was glorious. And he would have it no other way. I know it's a hard year. But when Jesus shows up, I promise you, you would have it no other way. I know you've lost family members. I know people you know have been sick, or maybe you yourself have been very sick. I know finances are a mess. I know relationships are hard. I know quarantine with even my perfect wife was difficult. (laughs) (laughs) I was hoping the mask would mute that a little more than it did. She said amen for those of you watching online, adamantly, affectionately. I felt lovingly. (laughs) I know it's hard. But when you look at the Bible, that seems to be when God loves to appear the most. What were the disciples doing when, when Jesus showed up in that locked room? They were stopped. Jesus just walked through a wall. Well, he, didn't, he walked out, but he, he just appeared in the room. Despite the fact the door was locked, he loves to show up when his people wait for him. God wants to show up. But you'll have to wait for him. Family, I want to encourage you that God is in this place. He might be hard to find through disappointment and all the other things that are swirling right now. But I assure you that He's here because He's not done yet. For Jacob, it wasn't going to make things easy, he was still going to have difficulty. He'd still face frustrations. Like I said, his his name only gets changed to wrestles with God. I guess that's better than supplanter. But wouldn't you rather have the name like at peace with God? <laughs> like, 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 thanks, I think. He was going to wrestle with God. He was an angel of God. He was going to. He was going to continue to struggle. He was going to go, he, this, this journey he was on to go get his wife, I'm sure he showed up at, at, at Laban's ranch and he's like, hey, I'm here for one of your daughters. I'll take the pretty one. Thanks. Right? And so what's he do? Laban's like, hey, I got an idea. How about you work for seven years and I'll give you the pretty one. And he's like, sounds good to me. And then he shows up on his wedding day he didn't get the pretty one. <laughs> it's about right for a guy whose name is supplanter. And then it, he had to work seven more years and he had to wrestle again and he had to, to, to struggle again. But what do we know through the struggle that God was with him? Family, God is in this place. Doesn't mean it's going to make it easy. Doesn't mean it's going to make everything disappear doesn't mean the trouble's going to stop or everything's going to become clear right away, but it does mean that now, through the grace and the presence of Jesus in your life, the gates of heaven can appear to you. I'm not talking about—I'm I'm talking just for anybody who's, who is wondering, what do I actually mean by that? I mean that heaven can come to earth. When you, when you rest and spend time with Jesus, the Holy Spirit will visit you. He's with you, but you'll get to visit with him. You'll get to hear what's on his heart. You get to tell him what's on your heart. And he'll empower you. He'll trim you. He'll prune you. He'll let you know that some of the angstiness needs to go. An exchange will take place. Angstiness for peace. Fear for hope. Dread for joy. Can I pray for you? Father, in the name of Jesus, we come from all kinds of different places this morning. Some of us struggling relationally. Some of us struggling financially. Some of us just exhausted by the moment. God, I ask that you would speak to their hearts in this moment of silence. Speak, Jesus. We're listening. Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we've forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the power and the glory forever and ever.